Hello all and welcome back to another episode of the Game Time CT Pickums podcast. I'm your host Pete Paguaga and as always I'm joined by the Sean Patrick Bowley. Sean, welcome back to another episode. I don't even know if I want I don't even know if I want to be here anymore. Oh, yeah, man. it was a oh. tough it was a tough week one. I'm not going to lie. Kind of thrilled with how it went. You know, I don't, I don't as someone who picks these, I don't like picking games that people are going to go 10 and 0 on. You know, yeah. I like my five and fives. I like my chaos. Yeah. And uh, just to recap the week quickly, uh, in first place, the only person to go seven and three was our football writer, Mike Fornabio. I mean, Mike should go seven and three. Mike should win every week. Yeah. Right. He does all the research. He does all the writing. I with would football. think so. Either you, me or him. Yeah. One of us. It so, was it was nice carrying the torch. Yeah, I'm glad, you know, Mike did win in 2019, uh, did not win last year. But nice to have Mike back atop the board. Then we have like a five way tie, six way tie at six and four. Brecklin, McNamee, Morelli, myself and Dave Stewart. Uh, then you, Scott Erickson and the eight ball. We're going to talk about the eight ball went five and five. And Sean Barker is in last right now at four and six. Just quickly looking over the board from last week. Um, did anything really stand out to you on the board that maybe we didn't get right? <laughs> like everything? <laughs> um, I mean, like nobody, had, nobody, there are two teams actually that really stuck out to me was uh, West Haven and St. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah. West Haven. Yeah. I, mean, I was getting phone calls left and right or Texas coaches are like, what are you nuts? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? And they're like, uh, like, well, I mean, I guess so. But we think Notre would win that. I mean, West Haven would win that game. And then yeah. uh, the other one was St. Joseph. Now, let's be real. Fr- we talked about it on the other on the meat grinder. But that was an ugly game. That kind of game could have gone either way before Hutch decided to show up. But St. Joseph wins. We were all wrong. 14 to nothing. Uh, you know, and the eight ball gets carried off the field. <laughs> And uh, I got my uh, delivery notification that the eight ball was delivered to St. Joe's. Yeah. So I told them they, uh, they just buy their own, though. Uh, the fan section did buy their own, uh, shared that with us, which was great. But I told Joe to put this eight ball right next to like his eight state championship plaques. Yeah. <laughs> One of his greatest <laughs> victories. <laughs> but yeah, everyone picked Darian except for the eight ball. St. Joe's won. Um, then there was obviously the West Haven game. Only Chris McNamee and Dave Stewart picked West Haven. And then I got to give my shout out to myself a little bit. Everybody but myself in the eight ball picked Granby Canton. Oh, and yeah. S- and SMSA took home the victory. My Tiger Hawks. Uh, so that definitely helped me. We got another hard board. We're going to jump into it right away. We're going to start off in the uh, in the CCC where we got 0-1 Windsor traveling to play the 1-0 New Britain Golden Hurricanes. Let's just quickly recap. Windsor lost last week to Weathersfield 21-20. Coach Fleeting went for two with about two and a half minutes left. They didn't get it. Ended up losing a close one to Weathersfield. We talked about it on the meat grinder. You have a lot of room for error. And, uh, you know, with your records this year, one one, one loss isn't going to sink a team. And nope. uh, so Windsor took a risk. It didn't work. And they fall to, to 0-1 New Britain. Kind of not coming out of nowhere. This is a strong program. They've, been, they've had some down years. But just a huge, dominating win over Middletown, 
Cameron Bond rushed for 207 and two scores. Caden Hill rushed for another 136 and two more touchdowns. Looks like the Hurricanes might be back. Um, the teams have not played since 2010. The new, you know, the CCC went into a, a new realignment last year. So I think we're going to see this game more often now going forward. Um, but Windsor has won the last three meetings between the three uh, between the two schools in 2010, 2009, and 2007. Sean, are the Hurricanes for real, or are you going back and going with Windsor? Oh, man, as much as I'd love to pick Windsor here, uh, I was so impressed. Cameron Bond just absolutely obliterating one of the top performances of the week. We didn't really talk about it much on the, uh, on the, on the Game Time CT Meat Grinder podcast, but um, you know, that was an impressive win, you know, and Caden Hill uh, chipping in with 136. I mean, new Middletown, new coach, new way of thinking, new way, new, new everything there. Um, so maybe it's a little time to get their act together, but that was a really impressive performance. And then meanwhile, Windsor, we all thought were, you know, they went to the state final last year. Yeah, they lost their quarterback for to transfer, but, you know, uh, that was a, an interesting week one result there. Weathersfield kind of giving them the business and, Fleet going for two. Uh, I mean, this is tough. It's a tough call. Has Isaiah Body or Bodie, excuse me, has Isaiah Bodie, coach of New Britain, has he got these guys right on the warpath right now? And uh, I'm inclined to say, yeah. You know, it might, it's, I see, I, I'll posture that I think this game will be a lot closer than that. You know, I think Windsor obviously is still Windsor, but uh, I'm going to take a leap of faith here and I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. You know, I thought I was going to be the one taking the leap of faith here because I, too, am going with the Hurricanes. And this team, this running attack of Cameron Bond and Caden Hill reminds me a lot of Sean Robinson yeah. and Yop back in, was that 2008 when they made the double L playoffs? 2010, uh, 18. 2018 when they made the double L playoffs, played Greenwich in the first round. And I believe Sean Robinson scored the only touchdown that Greenwich allowed in that playoffs or something like yeah. that. It was something crazy. Um, so I too am going with New Britain. Uh, the pressure's on. Um, yeah, I just think this is a New Britain's back, baby. I'm doing it. I'm saying it now. New yeah, Britain hashtag is back. All right, we're gonna go to the CTC. We did not pick a CTC team last week, uh, but we're gonna pick a CTC game this week. This game is very interesting. We got Thames River playing in their first game of the year, and Bullard Havens, who's one and zero, coming off. A win against Bridgeport Central of the FCAC on Saturday. Now, if you have not read our previews, you were doing yourself a disservice. One, you're doing a disservice to me and Sean and Mike Fornabio, who work really hard on it. Two, you would know if you read the previews that Thames River is a team that you need to keep an eye on this year, not just in the CTC, but potentially in the playoffs, right? Not only did they bring back. I wouldn't even say potentially, but go ahead. Not even, you know. Not only are they bringing back Seth Cunningham, who rushed for 1,700 yards last year, and was the new London Day Player of the Year, but they got a transfer by the name of Ryan Outlaw, who was an absolute stud for Ledyard uh, last year before injuries kind of slowed him down. But he almost rushed for 1,000 yards in four games at the beginning of last year. In He's a stud. Yeah, in the ECC, playing for Ledyard. Now, him and Cunningham are this one-two rushing attack that Jeff Jacobs wrote, wrote, wrote about, and he I don't think he's wrong. They might be the best one-two in the state, right? And they're playing in the CTC. So I mean, as far as we know, they're the best in the state, right? Yeah. I mean, I like this Bond and uh, Hill tandem <laughs> already. 
Yeah, no, we're, we're going to see more. But this one is just so intriguing. Uh, and in Bullard's win, Armani Gully rushed for 242 and two touchdowns in the win against Bridgeport Central. The teams played a year ago. Thames River won, but um, and they've won the previous three other meetings in 19, 18, and 17. I'm going to kick this one off, and I don't think I'm really going out on a limb here, but I'm going with Thames River. I am so excited to see what Cunningham and Outlaw are going to be able to do on the field together because, you know, I'm assuming we're going to see them in the backfield. I'm assuming we're going to see them out on the field together, and you're going to have to pick your poison with the two of them, and either either pick you make, you're probably going to be wrong. What do you got, Sean? Are you buying into the hype of Thames River? Hype? I put them in the playoffs already. <laughs> you know, the thing about tech schools is that, you know, a lot of the kids, they, a lot, not all of them, but a, a good portion of them, you know, they, uh, they, uh, they're just playing football for the first time, a lot of them. And uh, a lot of it has to do with the, the fundamentals of football are what's most important, blocking, tackling. And uh, a lot of the linemen, you know, are kind of starting from, from the ground level. Um, and uh, you gotta you got to build up and quick. So, I mean, we'll be able to block for these guys. Well, Thames River had it, uh, did it a little bit last year for Cunningham. Now can they do it for, uh, for, uh, for, for Outlow? You know, that's the other thing, though. I, I think if you guys get, get these guys open in space, um, you know, they'll create a lot of havoc for a lot of green uh, players uh, in, in the CTC. I don't see Thames River losing a game uh, the entire regular season. So I don't even know if you want to bother picking any more of these. But a good way to start it here. I'm going to take the Crusaders over Bullard Haven. Sorry, Derek. Yeah, Derek Lewis is doing a very good job at the beginning. Want to you nice know, shout that out. Great, Great win to, to start, start the year. But, you know, I just think this Dames River team is a step above the rest of the CTC. All right, we talked a little bit about the ECC. We're going to stay in the ECC. We got 1-0 Killingly traveling to play NFA, who lost their opener to Wilton last Friday. Killingly 1-0, dominating 48-0 win over Montville. Our boy Soren Reef kind of picked up where he left off uh, after a great championship game a year ago. He only had five carries, uh, but he had a 41-yard touchdown run and a 32-yard touchdown run. There's a reason why he was on our 25 players to watch. Like I said, NFA, they kept it close against Wilton in the third. Uh, Wilton was able to pull it away with a lot of new faces. Uh, you know, it's Eric Larka's first year with the NFA program. He was the coach at law. He's still putting his uh, fingerprints all over this program. Uh it's very interesting, though, right? We've talked about the rise of this Killingly program since 2007, uh, 2016, 2017, that kind of rise under Chad Neal. Um, these teams did play uh, from 20, 2004 to 2013. They played seven times, and NFA won all seven of them, right? Big, bad, biggest school in the ECC. Uh, teams didn't want to play them. Um, but since this rise of Killingly, They've played three times recently with Killingly winning two of them, including, and the first two games were very close. Last year, 48-0 Killingly. Just an absolute dominating performance. Killingly has a lot of people back from last year's team. NFA still trying to kind of figure it out. Sean, does Killingly continue their dominance in the ECC? RPO3, the reefening. <laughs> Uh, yes, um, 
as we saw last week, NFA not ready for prime time now. They are, the new regime comes in. Larka's done really well in the ECC before he went to law, took law to the playoffs. He's got a good track record of getting teams to the playoffs. He took uh, Bacon Academy to the playoffs a few years before that. So he knows what he's doing over there. And, uh, you know, over here in the ECC, uh, this is usually a pretty big, this has been a really good game. You know, small, killingly versus big, bad NFA, the team nobody in the league wants to play. Well, get them while you can, folks. And Killingly right now is the class of the league. I like Killingly all day, every day, and all night, every night. We're going to have to trademark the reasoning. Maybe maybe the put reasoning. that on a shirt. But I, too, am going <laughs> with Killingly. Yeah, RPO3, the reasoning. Run people over. We are going to copyright that, put that on a shirt. Um, maybe we'll get Soren. We'll do a little NIL deal. Yeah, uh, but and, that, I- and that's... I'm sorry, and that that's and RPO three because they Lockwood was one, Sharp, Sharp was two. This is three RPO three. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, I'm going. Like I said, I'm going with Killingly as well. We got an interesting FCX matchup. This matchup, I don't know if, if I was going to pick it until Saturday happened. We got one and zero Staples traveling to Darling Field to play the now number seven team in the poll, St. Joseph. St. Joe's coming off that stunning 14-0 win over Darianne. Uh, Staples went up to Connard, beat them handily in West Hartford. Um, and now they're coming in playing against the St. Joe's team, who is definitely feeling themselves. Right, Coming off that massive 14-0 win over Darianne. Kind of sent shockwaves through the state that, hey, St. Joe's might not be the talented team that they were before, but they're still going to work hard. They're still going to compete. Um, these two teams played a bunch and then did not play you know staples a much bigger school uh, avoided st joe's who's a smaller private school in the fciac um they played in 04 and then they didn't play again until 2011 um and, and staples dominate dominated the series under mars Petraccio, and then in 2016 it kind of turned when st joe started winning state titles the hogs have dominated this winning five in a row against staples i have no idea where i'm going with this one I, i'm pumped st joe's that win they're feeling themselves it's hard to count out a team like st joe's right now but at the same time i really like what adam bairds is doing at staples and i'm going with the records i'm going with see i'm going with see, going with staples and i'm going with the records um I, i'm happy for st joe's but i will tell you this if they play like they did on Saturday against Staples, I think the Wreckers will score, and they're going to have to keep up with them. Sean? Does the, the showdown between the, Hutch and our, our guy over at Staples, Tyler Clark, who had a great opening game, six catches for 161 yards on a touchdown in a 42-13 victory uh, to, to kickstart that. It was Connard, I believe, yeah, um, in, in that alliance game. Now they come, come to Darling Field. We got a second straight week. I actually remember that 2011 game that was coming off the ty- that was the Tyler Matakevich gone that whole class that had won back-to-back state titles all gone. It was a whole brand new team, and that year I think it was 2011. Staples was at kind of the end of the the Mars Petraccio dynasty, uh, the ones that had won a lot of FCAC titles, went to the state. I think that was the last time they went to the state uh, final under Mars in 2011. They got beat by Xavier. Anyway, that was a great team, and they actually played at Dowling Field that day. And kind of a harbinger of like, you know, once they got that field fixed, they were going to return there. And sure enough, they did 
years later, but they were still playing in the lower field then. Anyway, that's enough history lesson today. I think I, I'm going to go with Staples in this one. St. Joseph, like you just said, really happy for him. Good job. I think a lot of that had to do with, you know, who blinked first in a staring contest. And uh, certainly Darian did. And, they, and Hutch doing a number on him. Uh, you know, you let him hang around. I don't think Staples is going to be in that situation. And I think there's a lot of things St. Joseph, you know, knows it needs to do better. And, uh, you know, they just, it didn't bite him in that game against Darian. I think Darian's a little bit out of sorts. They're a whole new team. It'd be interesting there. Uh, I, but I think, uh, I think Staples might be a little bit more put together. A lot more, you know, who knows though, but I think they'll stay a little bit more put together. I like Tyler Clark and the Wreckers. I agree. I think a lot of our pickers do as well. All right, going to the NVL. Okay, we got Seymour and Caden Dressick coming in after throwing, tying a school record with six touchdown passes in a big win over St. Paul, dominating win by the Wildcats and their soft, their Southpaw quarterback. And then we got Naugatuck, who's also 1-0 coming into this game. They beat Gilbert 21-6, which I think left a lot of people like, really? They only won 21-6. A lot of people were saying NVL's the best. Uh, Naugatuck's the best team in the NVL. You know, they have this great running attack. Gilbert playing in their first NVL game ever. 21 to 6. I think a lot of people were like, huh? Um, but it came out. Uh, Jet Hall, one of the top running backs for Naugatuck, left the game early. Uh, we don't know whether or not he is going to be back for the Greyhounds this weekend. Um, Naugatuck's won seven of the last 12 matchups between the schools, um, and they won last year. You know, is Naugatuck. Still the big dog in the NVL, or does Seymour have a chance to uh, to get a pretty big win early in the year, Sean? Losing Hall hurts, but if, as long as they have Dietlbaum, they should be in, in good shape. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he's great, too. I mean, we kind of might be overlooking him a little bit here at Game Time CT. But, uh, you know, I was told at the beginning of the season that Noggy was the team to beat in the NVL. I mean, they might be even better than they were last year. That might be the case, but that was a very curious start. You know, maybe Gilbert is also, which went to the playoffs last year, eight games. Okay, like kind of back toward it. But that was an impressive debut in their NVL, uh, you know, in their NVL, joining the NVL last year uh, or this year. Excuse me. Um, so I don't see Seymour. I mean, it's, it's usually this is usually a knock. It's a game. Drezik was great last week, but uh, I don't, you know, put a whole lot of stock into it because, I mean, not that he's a good quarterback or not but uh you know i, I think st paul is really struggling um right now so i mean, it might have been a little easier and then that game was a little closer than a lot of people think until late when they started scoring a bunch i think they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter well uh, really put that game away i mean they were already going to beat them so uh you know i'm going to go with Nogatuck here um you know i wouldn't be shocked to see seymour uh, come out especially if uh you know nog is not all there as far as their personnel goes but uh I have a hard time right now uh, uh, voting against them. And I took Seymour last year to beat Ansonia like an idiot. I'm not making that mistake again. Show me something, cats. Uh, I'm going to go with Noggy. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go with the Greyhounds. Um, I am a big fan of theirs, you know, heading into this season. I still think we're looking at 9-0, 9-0 going into Thanksgiving uh, against Ansonia. So I'm going to stick with Tuck as well. 
Um, so that one I'm really intrigued by. I, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see what the final score of that game will be. All right. Off to the Pequot we go. We got 1-0 Rockville. The Class M finalist from a year ago going up against the SMSA co-op, the Tiger Hawks. SMSA made me look like a genius last week, beating Granby Canton. Uh, all of you got it wrong. I got it right because I'm smart. Um, and Rockville took care of the Windsor Lock co-op. Now, this is interesting. So the two teams met week one last year. Rockville, a lot of hype, right? Eric Knickerbocker had taken him to the playoffs in his first year. He They went undefeated, went to the semifinals his second year. This was his third season, right? What's up next? Getting to the finals. And everyone's, I'm pretty sure we picked this game, and I'm pretty sure everyone picked Rockville. And what happened? SMSA shut him out 21 to nothing. Okay? So these two teams are meeting. They're playing at Weaver High. The Wasn't that a COVID field. game last year? Might have been. I couldn't tell you what was a COVID game and what wasn't a COVID I game. I think Eric, year. I remember texting with Eric, what's going on with your game? That might have been another game, but it was certainly around that time. They didn't start their season, if you remember, until like a later. So that might have been later. But Either way. A loss that Eric would like to have had yes. back. It was and a the, stunning loss. Yes. So you got two teams with playoff aspirations. Ah, this one I'm 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 torn up because I all aboard the SMSA train. They're made me look children. like geniuses. Huh? They're your children, B. And and Rockville, they're, they're you know, I've been sons. I've been on the Rockville bandwagon since Eric Knickerbocker got hired in 2018 i remember sitting like on this podcast second born fighting together yeah i remember being on this podcast yelling about restoring the rock and I, so i'm torn and uh we don't allow you know no picks in this so i have to pick and uh i'm gonna take rockville oh, i'm going with nick i'm going with malachi mop and the boys uh, i'm going with the rams sean you joining me or are you uh are you adopting my other team uh, you know what? Just for you, I'm going to adopt the other team. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the SMSA. Uh, I'm probably the kiss of death here for them <laughs> uh, because you went one way and I, I was on the fence. A nice thorough win by them, but that was Windsor Locks. This is uh, SMSA, which has been right there. You were pumping them up all last week. Maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid you're serving from last week. I, I, I'm going to go with them. What the heck? You know, why not? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a, either one is a bad pick. Though I think, you know, I, I think I had a big fan group in SMSA behind me that now is probably... They got to show up now because yeah. I picked them. Let's go. Let's, let's <laughs> you know, let's... Uh, I know they want... I mean, I know Rockville's going to be fired up to, to get some vengeance here. But, uh, you know, and they're by all counts a, a, a tremendous team. But, you know, let's... I, I've been wrong about many teams already. And, uh, you know, this wouldn't be the first. All right, we're going to go down to the SEC. We have a good old SEC you know, rivalry game. Two of the best programs in the SEC year in and year out. We have 1-0 Shan We have 1-0 Hand going to Finn Stadium to play the 1-0 Shelton Gales. Hand took care of East Lime with their new kids on the block. Uh, Klein at quarterback doing a real dual threat. Um, kind of game for them. And Shelton just absolutely dominated, dominated Ridgefield. Just pure domination. 
Uh, Shelton moves up to number three in the poll. Uh, pressure's on for the Gales. These two teams have met often, um, it, but they didn't meet in 2018. I believe that was the year Hand was in SEC Tier 2, and they, their crossover game was not Shelton. But they've played often every year since 2012, except for that outlier season uh, of those matchups. Shelton has won the has won the has won five of them, including last year's game. Sean, is this hand team ready to play with the big boys like Shelton? No. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure they'll be a competitive, uh, but you know, going up to this, going up to Finn Stadium. Um, to, to 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 face a team that just obliterated Ridgefield, and uh, you know from DeCamps to pickoff, to Kinnick throwing TD passes all over the field, um, you know to Kanye Tinney, Kanye Tinney, the uh, son of Kenny Tinney, the former uh, Ansonia great, you know now playing across the river for the Gales. And uh, they, they got some guys there. And the best thing I, I was really impressed with was the offensive line just pushing Ridgefield all over, all, over, all over the field. You know, I don't know what hand has. You know, they obviously have some new guys. and They did a nice job to start the season. But now it's right into the hornet's nest. Now it's baptism by fire in the SEC. And, uh, you know, I, I just feel like they're facing a, uh, a, a, a much more, I don't want to say accomplished, but certainly much more established team right now now i could be wrong you know and hand could show up and hand always will show up because their hand against shelton especially shelton already kind of on a roll here and uh and the momentum's they get the wind at their back and the momentum's all on their side i, I like the gales yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna agree i'm going with shelton um i'm excited to see what this hand team can do um and i you know definitely going to be in the mix this year but i think shelton is playing really well right now and Coach DeFelice has the Gales rolling, and I think they roll again and go to 2-0. Two, two and oh. But this game will be a good one. This game is always a good one between the two. But uh, we're going to go down to the SWC. We got 1-0 Bunnell coming off a impressive 42-20 win over Amity. And they're going to Weston. Uh, the Trojans are 0-1 after a wild 43-41 loss in double Overtime for Benel, Michael Trovielli, Trovielli, nice Italian, Trovielli, uh, also right. Athlete of the Week awesome. nominee. I think so. That's my Italian coming out. Also an Athlete of the Week nominee. So go and vote. It's um, Trovarelli, Pete. Trovarelli. It's Italian. Yeah, Trovarelli. 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 Yeah. My grandma's right. going to smack me with her wooden spoon. <laughs> he went for over 400 total yards in the game against Unreal. Amity, unbelievable performance. I believe over 350 came running the ball. Um, was, there, was there a 99-yard touchdown run there? It somewhere? looked like it. It looked like it, but the but the film cuts out. Yeah, so I'm imagining he got there. He was all alone, so he was about 20 yards out when the I, yeah, film I, cut. I mean, unless he tripped. But I, I mean, I I think that was a. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well. So they're meeting. Nice little SWC matchup. Uh, Sean, who you got? Benel, send in your stat. Let's get everyone send in your box score so we can figure this stuff out. Like this, send it to us piecemeal on Twitter. And, you know, let's everyone email us your box scores. Okay. That's how we'll get all this information right. 
<laughs> anyway, um, uh, it's a tough one, Pete. I don't really know a whole heck of a lot about Weston. They were one of the last teams in uh, as far as previews go. And, uh, you know, I, I did catch the end of their foreign game. Looked like a back and forth battle there, you know, double overtime. Uh, they got picked off in the end zone uh, going for two. They had to uh, to end that game. Um, and, uh, you know, so I don't really know a whole heck of a lot, but that was an impressive. I mean, you know, I, I, I 400 yards is 400 yards total offense. I mean, it's just obviously he's going to be a marked man now, but uh, he looks like a big kid and he looks like uh, they really enjoy playing football there. I, I'm going with the Bulldogs 2 and 0. Let's, uh, let's go brick by brick. Ah, oh, you stole my line. I'm going brick <laughs> by brick as well. I'm brick going with the brick. Bulldogs brick by brick, baby. All right, we got a nice another. He's SEC. a good cornerstone, Pete. Of that, of that when you're building a house, he's that's a good cornerstone. <laughs> Four hundred yards of total offense, week one. It's not a bad thing to have. Uh, another SEC game we got coming down to the final two. We got Fairfield Prep, who's zero one, coming off a loss against uh, Belin Prep from Miami, and uh, Xavier, who is also zero one, uh, shutout loss to New Canaan. The prep game we've talked about, we're not 100% sure how to really read that game. We don't really know much about uh, the school from Florida. Um, so I think it's just kind of a big question mark. Uh, Prep's won three out of the last four of these matchups, but Xavier has won 11 of the last 17. Um, you know, spoke to a couple of people who were at the New Canaan Xavier game, said Xavier's got a lot of work to do. So I'm going to pick Fairfield Prep in the battle of the private schools, the battle for God, uh, I'm going with prep. Pete, I don't know what to make of this game. Uh, Fairfield prep, at, from, all, from all accounts, it looked like a defensive struggle down at Bellin Prep or, or over at uh, Rafferty. Meanwhile, Xavier just, just got its lunch handed to it uh, by New Canaan on, on, their, on their home field. Uh, what to make of it is that just New Canaan's really good and, and Xavier kind of got run over in week one? Or is Fairfield Prep and Beelin Prep very good? Were they just two great defenses? I don't know, but uh, right now I have to kind of go with Fairfield Prep on the only on the reason, only for the reason because they actually showed me a little bit more. Now, Xavier might come out and like just gangbusters. I mean, we don't really know how to compare these these two games that happened last week. But uh, just just because they scored, I'm going to go with the Jesuits. <laughs> That's fair. They are outscoring Xavier this year was 15 nothing. Yeah. So that is an important stat. All right. I Like I said, I'm going with prep as well. And in the final game of the week, we got a nice little shoreline battle. We got 0-1 Guilford going to Brantford to play the 1-0 Hornets who are coming off a win against Waterford. You got the Nates in the backfield for the Hornets. Uh, not short on Nate Chifo's status. He got hurt at the beginning of the Waterford game. But this this is a rivalry game. I know they don't play on Thanksgiving. I know that, you know, maybe, the, I mean, the history is there, but it maybe it doesn't get like the hoopla of some, but this is a rivalry game. This is a straight-up rivalry game. Uh, Guilford won last year, 31-0. Yeah. The year I picked Brantford to win the state title in 2019, Guilford beat him in the opener. Uh, but if you're a history guy, the last 17 meetings, uh, Brantford has won nine of them. So this is a really close, uh, you know, series between the two, 9-8 over the last 17. Uh, Sean, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I am the kiss of death for Brantford. Yeah, obviously. 
Um, you know, that was an impressive performance uh, by Nate Florio. We talked about him a little bit on the uh, Meat Grinder podcast. And, you know, if she feels able to go, it makes him even better. But there was also a bunch of other running backs. And it looks like Granford's offensive line was really able to will itself. Now, I don't know a whole heck of a lot by Guilford. I know the kid from last year kind of killed Granford and gone. So that's kind of number one. Uh, number two, uh, it is a rivalry game. And it is, it is. I mean, I, as much as I'd love to sit there and say Brantford all day, every day, which is, I'm kind of inclined to do, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not would be shocked for Guilford to win this. You know, they've been pretty quiet down there. You know, they're still kind of making their way. Um, you know, Brantford, obviously, to the playoffs last year, you know, got a lot of momentum, a lot of people talking about them. I would not be surprised to see Guilford kind of, you know, jump up and bite them like they did last year. Uh, like, I think that was that's the last two last two times they've beaten them, right? Yeah. So uh, that said, I think this year, I think this year, Grant will have it figured out. I, for my sake and for my standing sake, I hope so, because I'm going to go with the Hornets. Uh, and because of that, I'll be the kiss of death. Now Guilford's going to win 48 to I'm going to say my pick really quickly, and we're going to move on to the end of the show. I'm going with Brantford. Yeah. All right, Sean, yeah. what a great episode that we just did. Um, you know, another one in the books. Uh, we'll see everyone out on the fields. We'll be back. I'll be posting the standings after Saturday's games. And Don't forget, folks, send in your box scores. Info at GameTimeCT.com, please. That, too. that way we can have we can talk about it. We can make sure we know everything about what your kids did. Info at GameTimeCT.com. Get it in Friday night. And if you can't, have your statisticians do it or somebody. But if you can't, Saturday morning, that'll work. Saturday night, okay. Now you're starting to, you know, let's just get the stuff in. All right, thank you. That's all. <laughs> that's that's the PSA. That's, yes, that's the PSA from Sean Patrick Foley. And with that, we'll wrap up the show, and we will see you all next week. We'll catch you guys out on the field. Later. Later.